and you find yourself one more time inside of the Emerald Lane, episode number 25. Hey, come on, come on inside. What's going on, man? Please sit down anywhere you want to sit down. Guys, thanks for coming back, man. I really appreciate that. It's me, Orion, here with you once again, host of the podcast. Still here in Japan, Kyoto. I have a new place, a new residence. I switched houses. This is my third house I've been in. A different one every single month that I've been here. Going on my third month. This house is my favorite house out of all three. Open plan, hype minimal architectural gem. Skylights galore. This is, this is such a sexy house. I, I really feel I can get some work done here. I don't want to leave. It's so beautiful. I'm about half a block from the river. You know what that's like to be half a block from a real river? You know what that does to your mind? I mean, this is butterflies and cicada, people on bikes, mountains in the distance, running streams, babbling brooks, birds. They're, literally, there are hawks that line the riverside. I saw this guy last week. He was feeding hawks. He was sitting on a bench I guess he formed a relationship with his one hawk, but he, he had a bag of breadcrumbs or, I don't know, worms or <laughs> snakes. I don't know what he had in there to feed. What do you feed a hawk? And, you know, he, the thing was circling above him. I was riding my bike past, and he threw it up in the air, and like an alley-oop, the bird caught it. The, the hawk swooped down and, and was interacting with this man on a river. I didn't know that hawks interact with with human beings like that. I thought they were more they were more aloof, withdrawn. That was that was strange. You know, come come to think of it, yeah, he was playing around with these hawks as I biked by and one kind of swooped in almost took my head off. God damn it. I didn't expect that. As I'm biking to breakfast, a hawk almost taking my head off. I didn't appreciate that. Anyway, uh, let, me, uh, let me paint this picture here. There's, there's a famous street in Kyoto called Teramachi. It begins in an outdoor arcade with stores and galleries, almost like an outdoor mall, though a thoroughfare. It's very exotic, sights and sounds. You get on your bike and you travel north on Teramachi past all the fine craftspeople, artisans, stationary shops, but you smell this kind of burnt leaf as you pass by. That's the green tea as you're passing the famous Ipuro tea shop. It was started in the 1800s. This is history. And you're biking swiftly along. You're on your Panasonic electric bike. 
And if you proceed 10 minutes up Teramachi, you'll hit a dead end. At that dead end, you make a quick left and a very quick right down a smaller, smaller road. My house is at the end of that road. Those are the directions in specific. If you want to come to my house, you can come, you can knock on the door, I will let you in. We can sit, then sit down and we can have an extremely awkward face-to-face -face conversation. Anyway, I like it here so far. Very, very much more isolated and I can focus on work. Evidenced by the fact that I'm here once again talking to you. Oh, this life. What are we doing here? This life of contradictions. I got, I got, a, I got a, a message on Instagram this week. I, I did a story where I was, I was very enthusiastic about a local Japanese restaurant. I mean, I'm in Japan, sorry, a local restaurant. And I, you know, I, I had something to drink earlier in that afternoon. I was off the Hennessy. And my vocal representation, the way I talked, was a little bit more, I guess, the, the hoodish element of my personality was more on display. And I got, a, I got a, an Instagram message, and someone was saying, wow, I didn't, I didn't know you talked like that. I thought you talked the way you talk on the podcast. You kind of sounded very hood. Hood, hood, hood. Yes, hood. yes, it's true, it's true. We all, we all harbor multiform aspects of, of our personality. We have tens, maybe hundreds of different personas. You, you ever have that feeling? when you're with one kind of a friend that there's a certain aspect of your persona that comes to the fore and then when you're with another friend a different and you can almost like can't control it like a different aspect of your personality envelops you you become that aspect and you're different around your mother and i don't know if you've ever had that feeling it's the strangest feeling it's almost like you can't shake it. You just, you link up with this one friend and you become this, this other persona. It's still you. It's one of your personas, but it's just this, this one facet that you're now exemplifying and embodying. It's weird how you get taken over by that, this kind of uh, psychosis. I don't know what that is, but yes, it's true. I have many aspects of my personality. I'm, I'm part scientist and scholar. Part, part hoodish young brother from Los Angeles, California. I mean, don't we all have contradictions? This life is, is contradiction. It's a paradox. I'm, I'm sitting in Japan right now. The sun is starting to set. It's dusk on a Tuesday evening. It means the sun is rising somewhere in Europe. This is a contradiction. This is a paradox. One thing being true while the opposite is also true at the same time. We all have contradictions. We're all part angel and demon. Listen to your mind, all the contradictory thoughts. You're, you're, we're lovers, we're haters. In our stories, sometimes we're heroes, sometimes we're cowards. I'm an American, but yet I'm also a borderless earthling in the middle of the the Milky Way galaxy. This, this life is paradoxical. You know, sometimes I wonder 
you know, we call this life. This is life. We're living, we're born, we're all living, acting out dramas, acting out narratives. And this is life. But sometimes I wonder, is it life? How do we know we're not in some form of a, of a purgatory or some afterlife, which still has aspects of, you know, reality and life and getting a job and dressing in clothes every day and pouring glasses of orange juice, watching television programs, actors and, you know, presidents and governments. That could still all take place in an afterlife. We could be, we could be in some kind of a purgatory. It's all, it's all unknown. It's all paradoxical. This life is contradictions. I'm many things. You're many things. I'm a quiet, quiet, stoic man. I'm also uh, someone as right now is running his mouth endlessly. You know, this is how this is how it goes. Episode number twenty-five, Emerald Lane Podcast. Let me let me let's take you into this one joint right here. This is an interesting song I discovered a couple weeks ago. You want to talk about paradox? Like, what if I told you there was a white lady who was the original Lauren Hill? That's a paradox. The uh, the original Nas in a folk singing white woman, Joni Mitchell. People sleep on his. People don't know about Joni Mitchell. I think I think it's just like they've forgotten about her. There's this track I heard the other day. It has the first 808 in it. I defy you to find an 808 before this track. In a folk track with Joni Mitchell. You know this song I'm about, about to play for you comes from her 1977 record, Don Juan's Restless Daughter. On the cover, there's two pictures of her. One in the background, where it's just Joni Mitchell, and in the foreground, she's in blackface, dressed as a black man, because she always told people her alter ego was a black man, a black hipster named Art Nouveau. Don't, oh my God, Joni Mitchell, check this track out. This is, this is paradoxical. This is some shit I would have made. A folk track with an 808, 808, 808. I'm Don Juan's reckless daughter. I came out two days on your tail. Those two bald-headed days in November before the first snowflake sailed. Out on the vast and subtle plains of mystery. Tongue spirit talks over as an echo chief, striking up an old jukebox. And he says, Snakes along the railroad tracks, he says, Eagles and jet trails, he says, Coils around feathers and talons on scales. Gravel under the belly plates, he says, Wind in the wings, he says, Big bird dragging its tail in the dust. Snake kite flying on a stream. I come from open prairie, given some wisdom and a lot of jive. Last night the ghost of my old ideas ran on Channel Five. Yeah, <laughs> lyrics. What? 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 So spooky what? for its eagle soul. I nearly broke down and cried. Spirit laughed at me, he says A serpent cannot be denied A serpent's love the whiskey bars They love the romance of the crime 
I see a neon sign Fester on your hotel blind And a country road come off the wall He swooped down on the crowd at the bar And put me at the top of your danger list Just for being so much like you are You're a coward against the altitude You're a coward against the flesh Coward, caught between yes and no Reckless this time on the line for yes, yes, yes Reckless brazen in the place Of your changing traffic lights Coward, slinking down the hall To another restless night As we center behind the eight ball As we rock between the sheets As we siphon the colored language Off the farms and the streets Here in good old God save America The home of the brave and the free We are all hopelessly oppressed cowards Some duality of restless multiplicity Restless for streets and honky-tonks Restless for home and routine Restless for country, safety and earth Restless for the likes of reckless me Restless sweeps like fire and rain Over virgin wilderness Prowls like hookers and thieves To boat lock tenements Behind my boat lock door The eagle and the serpent are at war in me The serpent fighting for blind desire The eagle for clarity What strange prizes these battles bring These hectic joys, these weary blues Puffed up and spreading when I think I win Down and shaking when I think I lose Eagles in the sky, you and I to them these songs should be played on the radio i don't know why it'd be all these gems of music 
that would never get played on the radio, on terrestrial radio, because the corporate man's obsession with the bottom line and having to arrest your attention with the newest songs or the songs that test the best. Disgusting. Like that song. What happens to these songs? They just fall into obscurity, never to be heard again. It never, I never understood that. But luckily, now with YouTube and everything splintering off into multiplicitous universes, I guess people are finding their way to things that they're attracted to. Like right now, you just heard the Joni Mitchell track. All right, anyway. So down the block from me in my isolated neighborhood in Kyoto is this thing called a sento. Sento is a Japanese public bathhouse. People back in uh, the States might know this, like a Turkish bath or in L.A. where I'm from, there's the Korean bathhouse. Uh, you, you go in there, there's an assortment of saunas, steam rooms, hot and cold plunges. You go in and you, you, you take the edge off. You get the stress off of you. This is something that's very, uh, it's etched in Asian culture, in, in public bathhouses. This is where the community meets. We don't know that in the West, and we should. We should implement some of these, these philosophies. We're the ones who should be going to the sauna every day after work. Are you kidding me? We're the prime candidates. But we don't. It doesn't make much sense, but it took me so long to develop the habit of going to the Korean spa because in my Western mind, I viewed it as this decadent, luxurious thing that I couldn't wrap my head around doing you know, once a month, let alone once every day, the way the Koreans or Japanese do. We should rethink that. And for all of those people out there listening, you should really consider doing these things. Our culture isn't teaching us how to, ta- how to take care of our bodies and our minds, our spirits. Go try it one time and see what you think. It's not that expensive, and I think it adds years to your life. So about a block from my house, down a small winding pathway, is my neighborhood Sento, the public bathhouse. It's a humble structure, two-story structure. You walk inside, and there are two little old ladies sitting behind a desk that greet me in Japanese. They insist on speaking Japanese, as they should. I'm in their country. But you would think that they would pick up by now, after the fourth or fifth time of me coming, (laughs) that I'm utterly confused and perplexed by the things they're saying to me. I don't speak Japanese. It's not going to register to me, no matter how much you (laughs) continue talking. I'm not going to be able to translate what you're saying. It's okay. It's fine. It's sweet women. But I pay my 430 yen, which is about $4. I go left into the men's side, the men's side where the lockers are. And I proceed to strip down nude. You have to be nude. It's actually quite freeing. I don't know. I'm kind of into it. Everyone in there is over 70. I'm the only person, this gives you an idea of my neighborhood, how remote it is. I'm the youngest person a lot of the times, and I am the only foreigner. 
Another thing that's interesting, once you're in the, side, the, the area where the baths and the showers are, it's one big room for the men and the women, a common area. Okay, now, I know what you're thinking. Men and women nude together, that's just too much. No, that's not the case. There's a wall that separates, a very thin wall. You can hear them right next to you. You have to kind of get used to this, like you're nude and you're washing and you just hear women six inches from you because it's one common room with just a divider down the middle. It's, it's quaint, actually. It's, it's interesting. <laughs> actually, there's, you remember I told you about the two little ladies in the beginning? They, it's, this took me getting used to, but they come and go as they please. Not in the bath area, but in the, in the area where the men change, in the locker. They come and go through that room as they please. It's very casual. And at first I saw this old woman walking in. I was nude. And I kind of I covered up. I was like, oh, oh is my, you know, am I doing something wrong here? And I looked around. Everyone else was nude. Nobody was flinching or, you know, surprised. That woman has probably been coming back and forth for 50 years. She's seen it all. There's no need for me to be modest or to cover up. This is, I don't know, man. It's a different, it's a different culture. But my favorite part about any public bath and the Sento in particular is the sauna. It is the steam room. It's the place where you can go, the hottest room, where you go, you sit there and you sweat. You wilt from the, the heat, the 150 degree heat. And I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna let you in on a very special secret. Not a lot of people know. I've said this before, I haven't gone into it that much, but I don't do any, shall we say, drugs, some people would say. Uh, for sure, no drugs, but even natural plant medicines. Marijuana, I don't smoke marijuana. I used to. I, am a, I endorse marijuana for spiritual purposes, of course. But I had an issue a few years back. I think my nervous system is too sensitive. And I had to stop smoking weed. I was having strange physical uh, reactions every time I smoked. You know, it's an interesting story about this. If you really want to go on a tangent, I'll take you on a tangent. I have a friend of mine, Randall. He has a godmother who is, for lack of a better term, you remember the movie The Matrix? Do you remember the Oracle? If you think back to the first Matrix, the Oracle, the, the prophetess, the, the woman that Neo went to, to to get a read on the future, I guess she could tell the future and she ran a daycare center. My friend Randall, Ray Ray as he's known, has a godmother named She lives in, in Linwood, just, just near Compton. She runs a daycare center. A fair-skinned black woman, deep-set eyes, eyes like coals, coal stones, high cheekbones, honey complexion. And is, believe it or not, an oracle. 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 Someone who, who is a clairvoyant, who can see into the future, see into varying future scenarios. 
in the, the multiverse. I don't know how it works, man. I'm just telling you what she does. I have no reason to lie to you, but this is true. I had come to rely on here and there. She told me a great many things. I won't go into them now, but I came to realize that she was the real deal beyond a shadow of a doubt. And many years ago, a few years ago, when I was having these issues, as I just told you, when I would smoke marijuana, I was having all of these, these physical reactions that, that were not good, circulatory, nervous reactions. I called her out of desperation. I, I usually don't like to call or to talk to her, really, because her clairvoyance is so stark, so vivid. And she doesn't have much of a filter. She'll start telling you things about the future. Things you may not necessarily want to hear. Frightening things about your future. And uh, out of desperation, I called her. I was on the way to visit my friend Wow Jones. I was driving in my car. I can see the picture now. I was entering the 101. And I called Mama and I said, you know, Mama, hey, how are you doing? And before I said anything, says to me, honey, you need to stop smoking marijuana. It's good for everyone else. It's not good for you. You're too sensitive. I didn't even get the question out of what I called to talk to her about. Of the thing that I suspected already, the thing that my body was already telling me, she was only synchronistically confirming what my my insides were alerting me to anyway. I just had to hear it from an outside source. Needless to say, Wilma's batting percentage was extremely high. I've not known her to be wrong about things. Long story short, I had to stop. And it's been over 10 years since I've tasted the, the poetic smoke of cannabis. How I miss it, I do, if I'm honest. I have to be frank with you, my dear listener. But it was a matter of life or death. What was I supposed to do? What would you have done? And so, to bring that tangent full circle and to reveal that secret that I promised you. Ever since I had to put down cannabis, I've had to seek out alternatives to the psychoactive insight-inducing instrument known as marijuana. I've tried alcohol, you know, it's sexy at first, you know, but then it starts getting sloppy. It's unsustainable, it just brings you into your lower self. You know, one of the, one of the biggest reasons I go to the Korean spa and I go into the sauna is that there's a peculiar phenomena that happens when you sit in the sauna, I don't know, maybe 10 or 15 minutes, right before you start to wilt. You may start to feel a slight panic and, and feel as though you should flee from the sauna because it's so hot. The most interesting thing happens when your mind is clear and you're still sitting in the sauna insights, novel information starts to bubble to the surface of your consciousness. The most helpful crystalline 
insights, answers to questions that were deep in your subconscious, answers to problems that you were facing, things that you would not have thought of in your normal waking state. They start arriving center field right in your mind. So this is yet another tool that you can have in your bag when you desperately need some form of celestial guidance. Use this. Try it for yourself. For me, I've, I've been using this method for many years, and I've seen a scientific consistency. I've seen results over and over again, or else I wouldn't say anything to you about it. I wouldn't have opened my mouth, and for sure I would not waste your time. So may I just say one last thing? Give the spa, the sauna in your town, in your province, in your prefecture, wherever you are, give it a chance. Try to form a habit of going to the spa. Get the thought out of your mind, especially as Americans, that going to the spa is decadent, something you do on your birthday when you use that gift certificate that somebody gave you. Now get all of that out of your mind, man. It's just, you're on the planet Earth, there's hot water and there's cold water. You're a human being. To increase your longevity and to decrease your stress levels, you're going to invest in your health. Take care of yourself, treat yourself, live your life. I mean, it's amazing to me. I have friends, even to this day, that laugh at me. When I say, hey, I'm going to the spa, and it's sad. Don't let the ignorance and the deficiency of our culture strip you of your, your human right of being healthy and happy. Okay, let's shift gears. Let's get into some music. Enough of me talking. I'm tired of talking. I'm going to take you right now to Africa. A very interesting song that I heard this week on a beautiful show out of Los Angeles called The Witching Hours. The girl who selects the music, Marina, has exquisite taste. You should listen to it. This is an Egyptian song. And it's got the most lovely, infectious quality of euphoria with a hint of melancholy, which is how you like it. This is what you want. And I don't know why, but it has, there's a familiar feeling. It feels like a childhood memory. Why would an Egyptian song feel like a childhood memory? It's a mystery. Please enjoy. I'll be back in a few minutes.
That song, that song is called Liquid Sunshine. You can look it up on YouTube. It's part of some 70s uh, background music albums. It's on YouTube, I, I don't know. That song is called Liquid Mat. That song is called Liquid Sunshine. And it's so magical. Music is magic. You know, when that, when that track comes on and you hear the woman singing in the background, I'm at ease. The, the tension in my shoulders, it, it disintegrates, it dissolves. I melt into the sensuality of that song, the tempo. How could sounds go through my ears and register my nervous system and in all of my emotional centers and transform my mood? Is that not magical? An invisible field of information penetrates the deepest core of, of my physiology and I have an actual emotional response. That's, that's an invisible force. That's magic. Music as magic, as magic as spells. Magic, 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 magic. You think it sounds silly, music being magical? 
Have you ever have you ever been on the street and seen a young person rapping to themselves? Like in headphones, rapping, living the the energy and the experience of whomever they're listening to, alone in their own space-time. They are embodying the energy and the intention of that music. It's like as if they've been overtaken by some kind of a, a magical spell. It's like it's like voodoo. It's like a, a puppetry. The artist from afar is is uh, pulling on the strings of that human in some other city, and they're rapping to themselves, embodying it. I know you've seen this. It's. I mean, I've done it. I've rapped and sing. Well, anytime, anytime someone sings to themselves in their home alone while they're cleaning their house affected and influenced by beautiful music. This is magic. This is how you're sowing seeds, musicians, artists out there who are listening to this. You have a power. You should be responsible with this power and use it for good. You know, don't be a villain. Music as magic. Why does the word magic raise so many eyebrows? Why does it ruffle so many feathers? People are so grown up and cynical. Oh, excuse me, I'm so sorry. You're such a serious man. You have no room in your vocabulary for the word magic unless you're watching uh, the, what David Blaine. That's the only place magic is? Really? 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 This entire reality is magical, psychedelic. That trips me out too when I hear artists uh, say that they make psychedelic music or that the movie was psychedelic because the entirety of, of this existence is completely, thoroughly, vividly and unendingly psychedelic. Almost, it's almost too much to take. Souls incarnated in, like avatars walking the streets, sitting in restaurants, speaking invisible sound language to one another, being born from a seed, being reborn every morning into the waking state from the astral world dream state. Dreams? <laughs> oh, come on, man. Look, uh, y'all get me started. We're, we're sitting here in the middle of infinite mystery. We don't know if we're in, in an alternate universe, if we're in a simulation. It's a complete mystery. No one knows, no one really has any answers. The only time that we can really feel or embrace, really pull the veil back is when we use plant medicines or mushrooms or something. And then we are confronted with the real weight of the mystery and the magic all around us. We've become inverted as George Harrison said, you know that, that Beatles song, As My Guitar Gently Weeps? Who inverted us? We've been subverted and inverted. We're in a collective mesmerism. That's a hypnosis. That this is regular life. Nothing magical happens. There are no miracles. But yet, you are the miracle. The miracle. The miracle. The, miracle. the living miracle. People use the word awesome to describe a new toothbrush. It's awesome. 
But awesome is like you're gobsmacked. You can't speak. Your eyes are open fully and your wig is blown back. You have no words to utter. You're in awe. And it's the same thing for the word fantastic. It's fantastic. It's a phenomenal, fantastic thing where you're, you're stunned. You can't say anything. That's this reality. That's the true magical nature of this, this strange mystery that we're in. You know another magical thing? I actually, I just warped space-time. Before this rant that I'm on, there was eight minutes where I was gone. Two songs played. But in reality, I went to Tokyo for four days. <laughs> and through the magic of the recording media and editing with this uh, piece of technology, this laptop I have here, it only seemed like eight minutes. Warping and bending time-space. Time, space, time, space, shattering time, illusions. Pulling back those, those veils into the real pure consciousness. That's what we're doing here. And on that note, let's shift into an, another magical song by a gifted artist. Working hard for you, all you artists and musicians, creatives as they say nowadays, use the gift you've been given to make your fellow human beings life better for the benefit of mankind. It's a worthy ideal. It's somewhat passe and old-fashioned, but I still believe in it. That's, that's the ideal that I hold like a torch high in the sky for everyone to see. This is, this is what life's all about in the end. And I want to share with you a song right now by a, a, it's a beautiful song that a gentleman made during the Great Depression. It was, a, it was a time that we can't relate to nowadays, modern society, those of us here in the future. It was a very dark time. People lost all of their money. Families were broken up. There was no hope. People standing in meal lines for soup and a piece of bread if they were lucky on the streets. No jobs. No prospects. And this musician made a beautiful song reminding people to focus their minds on the positive metaphorically to walk on the sunny side of the street and as you focus on positive you magnetize with the positive you align yourself with solutions that's how it works scientifically so Without further ado, enough of me talking. I'm gonna let this man lay it out, and I think you'll understand what he's saying. See you in a few minutes. Few minutes. Few minutes. Say, grab your coat and get your hat. Leave your worries back on the doorstep. Just direct your feet to the sunny side of the street. Oh, say, you hear that pitter pat? That happy tune is your step. 
Life can be so sweet On the sunny side of the street I used to walk in the shade With those blues on parade But I'm not afraid I'm a rover who crossed over And if I never, if I never have a cent I'll be rich like Rockefeller Gold dust at my feet On the sunny side of the street
Maria. Ah. Let's go. Yeah. I like that joint. There's a gentle persuasion to that song. There's something happy. You know, like little dancing crystals in the sky. Something benevolent, positive. Positive music. Life. Life is so multifaceted. We never know what's going to happen, what's coming at us. There's no getting off the roller coaster. You know, things are good today. And then you go through, you go through speed bumps. You go through dark periods and then back into beautiful periods. It's a, it's a never-ending, never-ending, uh, well, it's a hell of an experience. We'll just say that. Life. Oh, man, my, my trip to Kyoto is wrapping up. My trip to Japan, I got about three more days. I'm here on a Sunday afternoon. The sun is setting. And from the looks of things on the outside, the sunset is spectacular. I see, I see all of those, those colors, the pinks and the cantaloupes and the violets. There's a euphoric sunset happening outside. I'm sitting here speaking, speaking madness through a microphone on the inside. Maybe I should go outside and participate with the rest of the humans. Maybe in a few minutes. This is one day after the summer solstice, the longest day of the year. You know, th you know, there's one thing that's been, that's been bothering me. I don't know if you guys deal with this, but it's something that's always, it's always playing on my nerves. It's, it's, it's a problem. Social media, Instagram. I'm not gonna go on a big rant about social media. We all, we all do that in our own personal groups and but I, I just want to ask a question. Does anybody else out there having an issue with processing the flood of data, of information coming at them, coming at you on a daily basis, the sheer scale, the avalanche coming from all of your followers, all of your friends, the people you follow, I should say. This seems to be an impossible predicament. It, this is becoming a job, a workload. You have three uh, vectors of information coming at you. In the beginning with IG, when it was just photos, it was fine. It was just photos. I swipe, you swipe, you swipe. And even that, I can only swipe nowadays like 10 times and I just, turn, I just close the app. Enough. You'd have to be in prison to get to all of the information. You'd have to be an automaton, like a chicken pecking at the, at the screen, pecking in the like button. This is madness. So that's the first vector, the pictures. The second vector, when they introduced, is the stories, when they copied Snapchat, when they, when they stole Snapchat's soul. So now I have stories. I know you have that friend or friends they do like 40 stories. You look up and it's a nightmare when you look at their stories and you see, you see hundreds of little dashes at the top of the screen. And you think, come on, come on! I can't get to all of that. And then you have DMs. That's another vector of information. 
messages, emails, responses to every story, responses to every picture. You have to respond or else it's deemed very rude. You can't just ignore people. What do we do with the flood of all this information? I feel bad because I feel like there are, there are a lot of people out there who are thinking, I never go and look at their stories just because, they're the, because I can't get to them. It's not that I don't care about them or I don't like them. I can't get to the information. I can only do like 10 people. I, I can't even do 10 people. I, I don't have, what do you think I have? This is my job? Eight hours a day to be on Instagram? I mean, and, and this is a daily thing. This is a daily avalanche of information. So what you end up doing is choosing the people who have the most compelling information. I'm sorry, that's just democracy. If you don't have the most compelling information, I don't have enough time. The most precious commodity in the future civilization that we're in is attention. And there's only 24 hours of attention that each person has. So I choose the most compelling things. And even then I can only choose five, six people. What is this? What do you, what do you think this is? Come on, I'm not 12 years old, I'm not 14 years old, I'm a grown man. I'm not gonna be sitting here holding this phone, swiping, swiping, liking, liking, writing DMs. This is a new, ridiculous, absurd territory that we have uh, impinged upon, that we have accessed. I don't know what the answer is. My answer thus far is to completely recede from, from participating and, and basically become like a hermit. Voluntarily, consciously become as, like a person from 1991 who's who has no internet, who has no cell phone, to become a hermit, to become removed. There is no, that's the solution. Because what technology and social media and all of these, the vectors that I just described in detail, what, what's happening from what I can tell? The human collective of data, it's becoming telepathic. What if you were walking down the street and if you could hear everybody's thoughts? Mundane thoughts, oh, I have to wash the dishes, I have to pick up the kids, oh, I have to go buy more paper clips. The technology is unleashing telepathy against our will. We don't even know. And a human being cannot, we can't absorb all of the information. And we're on, we're on the, the leading edge of this. We're the guinea pigs. There's been no, no historical precedence uh, where people could wisely regulate social media. Here we are, we're the pioneers. Here we are, under the bright lights. Nice to meet you, nice to shake your hand. This is insanity. So anyway, uh, that's, that's all I'll say on it. I had to get that off my chest. Are you thinking the same thing? Is it just me? I know it's not just me. Anybody who is living and breathing, who is thinking about their lives, forgive me, friends, that I'm not going to your story, that I'm not participating. I cannot. It's impossible. 
So, anyway, uh, okay. Let me, let me dial it, let me dial it back. As you can see, this is something that's been bothering me for a long time. Anyway, winding down this trip, the next time you, you hear from me, I will be in Los Angeles, California, where I have a home, I have a residence. I'll be back there, continuing on this path of upward evolution through the consciousness octaves. Stay strong, my friends. This is, this is a very strange existence. You need strength. You need faith. You got to be steadfast. You got to know yourself. You got to trust your intuition. Don't let anybody dissuade you from what you're here to do. You got this one life. Maybe you have other lives, but as far as we're concerned, right now you got this one life. So live it. And until the next time. End of line.